When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Party conference for the DUP over the weekend. Uh, just not as, I suppose, high profile as it may have been over the last couple of years. Uh, people suggesting that maybe a little more downbeat, but there's uh, plenty to talk about in its wake, including, um, I suppose, the brash attitude of uh, Steve Aiken, who's about to become the Ulster uh, Unionist leader, the leader of the Ulster Unionists. And he's certainly not up for any type of pact with the DUP and he's highly critical of them. As a matter of fact, a headline is on the front of the newsletter Aiken declares war on fellow unionists. Uh, Sam McBride's the man behind the headline. Good morning, Sam. Good morning, Frank. I should, I should point out that I don't write the headlines, but I did write the story, so I, I have to distance myself slightly from that credit. Are, are, you, are you distancing yourself from your, from your sub-editor or whoever did write the headline? <laughs> no, certainly not, certainly not. No, I mean, that, that, that headline is, is quoting someone who um, is quoted in the article. It's actually a former, a very senior Austrian unionist, and he uses this very colourful phrase. So that is a, a quote, I suppose, rather than the view of the paper as such. Yes, and just put it in context for us, because the criticism of Steve Aiken has indeed come from David Campbell, who was the Ulster Unionist Party chairman from 2005 until 2012. He's very critical of Steve Aiken. He believes indeed that uh, allowing Steve Aiken to be the leader of the Ulster Unionist Party is the equivalent of calling in the receivers to the party if his recent policy announcements are followed. So obviously Mr Campbell would be in favour of uh, some form of pact with the the, the DUP. Are unionist seats absolutely at risk if there's no pact? Well, I think that it, it, is, it is fair to say that unionist seats are at risk. Um, nobody can guarantee how people vote or how people respond. And for instance, in somewhere like North Belfast, I think that regardless of whether the Austrian Unionist Party stands a candidate or not, um, we know that people um, right across the UK and in other parts of the world in a first-past-the-post system, they very often tend to vote tactically anyway. So a, a person who is seen to have no hope of getting the seat, which I think it's fair to say in that constituency, is the Austrian Unionist Party, um, are going to be squeezed out. So it, it, it may well be that voters, if they feel that they care more about getting a unionist in um, than voting for the party that might be closest to their preference, they can vote tactically. So that is up to the voter to uh, to ultimately decide what Mr. Um, what Mr. Campbell here, the former Austrian Unionist Party chairman, um, somebody who was a very senior figure under David Trimble when he was leader, um, he is pushing the other argument, I suppose, the um, the the uh, 
the uh, classic unionist unity argument that unionists should, should, should not jeopardise in any way the chance of a unionist getting in. And actually, it's more important for somebody from the DUP to get in, um, if that is the case, um, than, for, um, than for the Austrian Unionist Party to preserve itself um, as, as, an, as an alternative to the DUP. The, the difficulty here, I think, is that on, on the one hand, um, Steve Aiken, as the incoming leader, is trying to put as much distance as possible between himself and the DUP. He's trying to do something that um, really successive Austrian Unionist leaders have struggled to do and to say, we are different. We are not just poodles to the DUP. We do not um, sign up to their view of the world. And actually, he's being um, very robust in his criticism, saying that he thinks they are threatening the union. Now, if you actually genuinely think that the DUP are a threat to the union um, and that they are taking Northern Ireland in a fundamentally mistaken direction, why on earth would you stand aside for them? That is a difficulty that, that, that he has. And yet there is a very significant um, body of both unionist um, opinion outside politics and unionist opinion within the Ulster Unionist Party, which believes that you should not contest the seat um, if it might go to Sinn Féin, for instance. So this is a very difficult line which he is trying to tread. And I think um, both the, um, the response from Arlene Foster and the response um, from within um, his own um, hinterland, if you like, albeit um, Mr. Campbell has left the Ulster Unionist Party now, is, is, is pretty predictable and could have been seen coming. A general election, it's it's coming soon. We're not sure when it is, but we know it's coming soon. Uh, Steve Aiken is just about to be the leader of the Ulster Unionist Party. Has this big test of his policies come much too early for Steve Aiken? Well, it's, it's reminiscent of what happened with Robin Swan, who took over as Austrian Unionist leader um, pretty briskly after Mike Nesbitt resigned in 2017, after they had a very bad assembly election. Um, and then really, immediately, Theresa May called a, a general election, and he was in the very uncomfortable situation of losing two MPs, his only two MPs in that election, and yet... I think it would be very difficult for any fair-minded person to blame him for that in the sense that he, he had barely got his feet under the table, um, but he was the leader at that point. And something similar um, may be happening here where we still, it seems, could have a a, a general election before even Christmas, um, if, if not by then, certainly very soon after Christmas. And so he, he will be in a situation where he will be judged, I suppose, um, by some people based on what happens there. But there is a limit um, to what he can do. And so by, by having a big row, I suppose, about something like this, he at least manages to break through and get listened to. That was one of the difficulties for Robin Swan, that he, he was struggling even to get, um, to get into the media, to get people to, um, to report what he was saying, um, by, by at least differentiating himself to the point where there is now a big argument about this. At least people are going to hear about Steve Aiken. The difficulty for him is that if he does a U-turn on this um, uh, under under what would be very considerable pressure from all sorts of sources, probably including the likes of the Orange Order, um, it will be humiliating for him. He would be doing a U-turn before he had even become leader because he hasn't actually taken over um, and won't do so for about a fortnight. So um, it's a big call for him. Um, either it's going to be something which will um, potentially help to get him a seat at least somewhere um, by, by getting his message across or or it will just um, hobble his leadership before it has even started.
And just one other point, uh, Sam, about the DUP party conference over the weekend and the naughty step comment from Arlene Foster. Um, she did come out fighting at a time whenever the DUP looked like as if they had been, I suppose, uh, seen as, the, as, as the, the poor cousin to the Conservative Party. They'd been, a lot of people thought they'd been demeaned by the Conservative Party. But the way she spoke, she made it sound like as if uh, she was pulling the strings and uh, Boris was uh, dancing to, to her tune. Uh, put all, that, all of that in context for us. Well, I think, I mean, there was probably an element, well, more than probably, I think there was certainly an element of, of an, an exaggeration as to the influence and the power of the DUP, that they still have a level of power within um, Parliament. There is there is very tight arithmetic there. and Anybody who has 10 seats is going to be influential, but they, they are not in the king-making position that they once were, and they are not in a position where they can tell um, the Prime Minister that if he if he doesn't do what they want, they, they will bring him down. So um, I think that the DUP leadership will be fundamentally pretty happy with how their conference has gone this weekend. I think it was a, a very difficult um, conference for the party. It's been a very difficult year for them. Um, they have seen um, all sorts of issues um, where they um, have been on one side of the argument and go to the other side of the argument. So everything from abortion to gay marriage to the Brexit deal um, has, has, has not gone as they have wanted, despite the party boasting um, very publicly of just how much clout it has. So I think some, some people in, in the DUP are asking questions as to how on earth have we got to a situation where we are more powerful, we are told, than we have ever been, and yet all of these things seem to be slipping away from us. What is going on? And those are uncomfortable questions for the leadership. I think the, what, what Arlene Foster and what the party managed to um, pretty successfully do on Saturday was to have a fairly bland conference. There were, there were no massive um, policy announcements. There were no massive changes, of course. Um, but Arlene Foster managed to keep the show on the road um, she, will, she will be under pressure if the DUP struggle in a general election, if they lose seats there but I think for now the very clear message from Nigel Dodds and from other people um, very close to her in the party was that there is no imminent move against her and her position despite all that has gone on is safe at least for now. Okay, Sam, thank you very much indeed. Sam McBride, political editor with the newsletter. And writing in very same paper this morning is Alex Kane. Uh, Alex, good morning. Good morning, Frank. Uh, Alex, just on the naughty step comment from Arlene Foster. Um, some people, I, let me see if I can find who it is. When I say some people, it's one person. His name is Jeff, uh, saying <laughs> on the text, she's a bit big for her boots, saying that. Uh, just from, for people who aren't familiar with the comment, remind us what she said and uh, why Jeff may be thinking that she's a bit big for her boots. Well, I think what she was saying after the last two conferences with the DUP have had really big hitters from the Conservative Party, uh, leaders, uh, uh, cabinet ministers, superstars like Boris Johnson, no one this year at all, no, no speaker. So I think she was trying to make a joke of the fact that the, those big names weren't there this year. I think that was a reference, really reference to um, we had to put uh, Boris on the naughty step twice this year. The thing is... <sighs> You could argue, I mean, either way, yes, it was, a, it was a poor joke to try and explain something. She had to say something. But the reality is, of course, they, she didn't put uh, Boris on the naughty step. He abandoned her. You know, she, there was nowhere for her to put him. But I think in, in cases like that, Frank, a party leader, I mean, Sam touched upon it. 
lot of things that the UP would like to have been able to say this year. You know, we stopped the abortion legislation, we stopped this, we managed to get some movement on the Assembly, we managed to make sure that Northern Ireland's constitutional status was protected. They weren't able to say any any of that. So either you This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive in June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Two choices in the case I got. Either you try and sort of make a joke of it and blame everybody else, or you fess up and say, look, maybe we got it wrong. So she took, she took the, the, the simpler of those courses. And does Steve Aiken see the Democratic Unionist Party as wobbling at the moment and he's going to come in and unnerve them? Well, I think he's, he senses an opportunity that hasn't um, uh, been available for some time. It is a very clear sense across all of unionism that the, the, there is a problem now. That Because um, people always say, what, what, what is this, Alex? I mean, and it's a fair point. That a lot of your listeners probably would, would ask this as well from both unionist and non-unionist perspectives, Frank. What is the problem here? So we, unionists are always saying, you know, 1972, a storm and fell. Oh, it's the end of the union. 1985, Anglo-Irish. The end of the union, they... they, they Downing Street Declaration, when they, they, which stated that the, the British government has no strategic, selfish economic interest. Oh, it's the end of the union. In this particular case, it's Northern Ireland will be treated differently if the deal goes through. It will be treated differently from the rest of the United Kingdom. So there will be a very specific difference between Northern Ireland and Great Britain. And that really, that, that rattles, that rattles unionism. I'm not just loyalists or DUP. Actually, across unionism, Frank, I, I've sensed, uh, I think I said you uh, when this first came out a couple of weeks ago, I said I, I was sensing an anger and uh, almost a fear that I haven't sensed since 
the 1985-34 years ago. Um, so I think what, what Aiken is trying to do is say, look, guys, you got it wrong. And you're not going to get away with this nonsense of, oh, let's circle the wagons and everybody has to send a message to the government by voting for the DUP. We have to send a message to the Irish and Brussels by voting DUP. I think what he's saying quite clearly, he's going, Arlene, Nigel, this happened on your watch. You got this wrong. So don't think we're going to say to you, that's fine. We'll, we'll, we'll just row in behind you and do what you need us to do. We're saying you got it wrong. We had a different strategy. You got it wrong. We might have had a better chance of, of, of getting something out of this. So if you want, if there's, there's now a clear difference within the DUP and UUP, namely you got it wrong. If you want to vote different and you want to send a message, then we're saying to people vote for the Ulster Unionist Party. It's, it's, it's a strategy. He will, as Sam says, Frank, there will be problems with it. But he, for the first time, it, we didn't see it uh, so much under Robin, who didn't really get a chance, didn't see it all that much under Mike, who, who's here, there and everywhere at times. For the first time, we're seeing a, a leader of the LC in this party, almost bold, which is never not necessarily a good thing in one sense, Frank, but saying, look, there is a very clear difference between the UUP. Uh, as leader, I am going to emphasise that difference. I'm not going to push this, oh, we're all together, we're all unionists, we must stand together. I'm saying that we have a different strategy, we have a different way of doing it, and if you want us, if you want to back us and help us, then the only way you can do that is vote UUP, which means we will stand in every single seat. It's a bold strategy, a risky strategy, but yeah, it, it, it's it's probably the only one available to him, to be honest. You mentioned 1985 there during that commentary, Alex, and by sheer chance I saw a programme late last night on BBC Two. It's very similar to Reeling in the Years from RTE, where they play music and they show the highlights of a particular a year and the BBC are, are producing a similar programme now. I'm not sure what it's called but it, it, let's for, for those who aren't aware of it, it's similar to Reeling in the Years, the RTE programme. It highlighted 85 into 86 and it showed unionist anger at the Anglo-Irish Agreement and it showed people on the streets led by Ian Paisley crying against the British uh, government and emphasising that Ulster was not for sale and that there would be no dealings with Dublin. And all of that manifested itself throughout the programme. And then it led to the confrontation of the loyalists on the streets fighting with the police. And we were reminded that loyalists actually burned police officers out of their own homes in loyalist areas in Northern Ireland. Could it go back to that, Alex? I don't think so. And I, I know there are some elements of, of who almost, I, I almost sense Frank would like it to go back to that. But I'll tell you why I think it won't. And it, it's only an opinion. We can never know. With, 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 with groups on both sides, you can never be entirely sure where their mind is at any one moment. But I remember, I mean, I'm, I'm old enough to remember, I stood in the grounds of Stormont in 1972 on the last day that that assembly or that parliament sat 100,000 people. I remember the rallies that followed that. I remember the Ulster Workers' Strike in 1974. Tens of thousands of UDA members, unionist lawyers, the political parties working hand in glove with the UDA. Nothing was replaced. They weren't able to replace anything. I remember I stood outside the City Hall in November 1985. I, I saw the anger. I witnessed the anger. I saw some of the, the violence that followed in, in other places. The key to all of this, Frank, it didn't make a difference 
They, Parliament, the Unionists never got a majority rule Parliament back. They never got anything to replace the power sharing of Stormont other than having the power share with Sinn Féin. They were never able to undo the Anglo-Irish agreement until they had concluded the Good Friday Agreement. And here's the problem now they have. For those who say, oh, we, this is a battle, we have to take this battle. To whom do you take the battle, Frank? To the Irish government, to the European Union, to your own sovereign parliament? Because some of these people who talk about Brexit and we voted as one nation, we leave as one nation and we want parliamentary sovereignty, it's their own parliament, Frank. It is their own parliament that supported Boris Johnson's deal. It's the Conservative Party with whom the largest unionist party is in a deal which backed this deal, which put Northern Ireland in a different constitutional status. And that's their problem, Frank. I, while there's anger, there is clear anger and there's clear... People are clearly spooked, but I do not sense. And I know somebody will put, oh, Alex doesn't understand. No, loyal. I live in East Belfast, Frank. I have very good contacts across loyalism and unionism and so on. I have a good nose of these things. I've been at it long enough. I, I can sense things. I could spot where there are real problems. I just, while there's anger, though, I still do not sense hundreds of thousands of people coming out onto the streets. Because you just go back when that deal was announced, they weren't there. There wasn't even a protest, Frank, at the DU. One person, I think, and I'm not even sure what they were protesting about, when David Trimble signed the Good Friday Agreement, when the Gulfstream Unionist Party was having its its, its meeting after meeting about power sharing and so on, every time you went to one of those meetings, Frank, there were hundreds of people, loyalists, unionists, DUP and so on, protesting outside, there were complaints outside. We're not seeing that now. It's it, it's an anger which is contained because I think a lot of people are thinking, yeah, I'm, I'm really angry right now, but I'm not going to start fighting my own parliament. I'm not taking on my own police force. I'm not going to try and bomb somewhere in the south. I'm not going to go to Brussels. That's our problem. Frank. They need to handle this with extraordinary care. It's a very, very difficult situation for them. Are we getting closer to DUP voters thinking that maybe being in the European Union is the best way? Yes, I think, well... It's interesting, there was a lucid talk poll done over the, the weekend which suggested that there's a there's a, a clear shift in unionists who would have voted um, for Brexit in, in, in 2016 who are rethinking that, under, given certain choices which I know I'd rather, I would rather have remained than have Johnson's deal and so on. But if you look at the, the DUP vote in that, that poll, I think it's 75% of them are saying that they would still leave without a deal, although by 23% would, would vote remain. So, yes, there has been a shift in even within the DUP's own uh, fold. And you have to bear in mind that the, the, the DUP, I think, is about 25% of the total vote in Northern Ireland. So what we have a situation, and I think the poll said about 72% of people in Northern Ireland, if there was a second referendum on, on Brexit, would probably vote to remain. And if the DUP now have a choice, if the choice is between this very specific, and they've always said this, Frank, in fairness to them, I, I, this is the DUP have always said that the, the union eclipses and predominates every other single issue. There's nothing matters more to them. And if if they find themselves in a position which they don't want to be in because it raises all sorts of other questions about the nature of the relationship between London and Belfast, but if they find themselves in a situation in which there's a choice between maintaining the union as it is, you know, the integral, Northern Ireland's an integral uh, part of the United Kingdom, or settling for something in which Northern Ireland is very specifically treated differently from the rest of the United Kingdom, then yes, Frank, if, if it's necessary, the DUP itself would change policy. And that's interesting, because that's exactly what Steve Aiken did. His first, his first major thing was to say, look, um, 
I, we're plumping for Remain because this is the only way of actually safeguarding the, the union. Because can the DUP, even I heard Arlene and Nigel say, oh, well, there's still negotiations, there's still that. But the key question for them, Frank, and I heard it from a lot of DUP members at the conference, many of whom I've known for years, because quite a few of them were former members of the Ulsterianus Party, who were saying to me after the, one of those speeches, saying, Alex, can we ever really trust Boris Johnson and the Conservative Party again? And if that's in their mind, if that's seeped in there, Frank, that they cannot trust those people, then, yeah, the DUP itself may have to come round to saying, well, look, it's not where we wanted to be and it's not what we wanted and we still think the United Kingdom should leave the European Union. But no, it's not worth leaving the European Union if it damages Northern Ireland's constitutional position. And I think that's a huge dilemma. Ireland didn't address it on Saturday, but you can bet your bottom dollar that the TUPs, MLAs and MPs and key officers are talking about that subject right now. Alex, thank you very much indeed. Alex Kane, you can uh, read this article, by the way, in the newsletter uh, this morning. Uh, 02890-33105. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus... Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.